0: Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. Today is March 1st, 2020, which means I am on day 78 of an improv, unscripted, unedited show that brings you movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics every day for 365 straight days. I hope you're ready. Well, I know I sound like a broken record, folks, but the Blazers once again prove that they cannot win without their star, Damian Lillard. Even when CJ McCollum puts up 35 points, the Blazers cannot handle it and take another loss, making it... Pretty much impossible for them to get that eighth spot in the playoffs this year. It is fading away, and I'm not sure what's happening with Damian Lillard's groin, but it just seems like it's taking a really long time to heal. We need you to come back. Yosef Nurkic, giving up on him. Zach Collins, wasted time. Rodney Hood, whoopity-doo. Those guys were our starters, too, but I say screw them. Give us Lillard back. Let those losers sit on the bench till we trade them next year. And I I do believe with Lillard back in the starting spot without his groin being injured whatsoever, we have a teeny speck of hope to make that eighth spot. That is the only chance. I don't know when he's coming back. It seems like it was supposed to be this week. Now they've pushed it to next week. What a waste of time. Blazers lose again. Whoa-wee. I don't know if you're like me, folks. You're not because I'm absolutely insane, and nobody's like me. But if you're similar to me, then sometimes you have trouble sleeping. Now, I swear, I do not sleep anyways, but I have a newborn baby who wakes up every hour screaming hysterically. So, of course, that makes it a little bit worse. But even if I didn't, i just suffer from the inability to get a full four to eight hours of pure sleep without some sort of gap, Whether I wake up thirsty, or whether I just wake up and I can't breathe for some reason, so I have to walk around and it's like some sort of panic attack. Or last night, I had such a vivid dream, I actually didn't know if it was real or not, and it woke me up from a dead sleep because it became too extreme for me. I dreamt that an old buddy of mine had come to visit we went to a fast food restaurant for some reason, which I would never take somebody... Well, unless they wanted an in out Burger because they're from out of town. They don't have it where they're from. But I took him to a fast food restaurant. All of a sudden, we lost all of our food. He was really mad. We started riding bikes in a basketball arena. And then I jumped off of the top level on a bike. And as I was about to land, freaking out the whole time I woke up because it forced me up. And I just was sweating. And I just was breathing heavy. And I just don't know how to get rid of this. I'm not going to lie. When I smoked an unbelievable amount of weed throughout every given day, I did not have dreams like this. The dreams were gone. They must have been smoked out of my memory. But now that I barely dabble in the world of marijuana whatsoever because I just have too many responsibilities and things going on, I have the most vivid dreams and I suffer from major sleep disorder. You know, I, I feel like I almost have to go back to my old self in order to get a full night's sleep because otherwise I wake up with a headache and I'm sucking down Excedrin migraine like it's Gatorade at a basketball game. I can't do it anymore. If any of you are like me, let me know in the comment section. The single most annoying breakfast item you can feed to your kid is toast, especially when it's from some kind of cheap... 99 cent wheat bread that just flakes off because you will be finding chunks of this stuff everywhere. Their face is going to be covered in so much jam from ear to ear. Toast is the devil. And all kids love toast. For some reason, they just want some crispy bread slapped together with some cheap Smucker's jam. I mean, I don't know what the deal is. When I was a kid and I actually got to choose my breakfast... I'm telling you, I want some steak and eggs or some ha- corned beef hash, you know, a little bacon on the side. You know, I never asked for toast specifically. That was like if my parents made me have my own breakfast. Like, oh, there's no cereal, you know, we don't we don't have any milk or eggs, make yourself some toast. And then I was like, ah, oh, dang, this sucks. I'm basically just giving my body a little hors d'oeuvre, a crouton to hold me over till lunch. But my kids love toast. They want it every morning. I try and avoid it, but sometimes I can't. So I give my kids toast and it just crumbles and spreads just like sand all over your house. And then you basically have to sweep your kitchen. You have to clean off your kitchen table. You have to wipe their faces and in fact their bodies from head to toe and switch out their clothing because they somehow get jam all over it. It becomes a gigantic mission from hell. And all you wanted to do was give them some crispy bread with some flavored fruit smear on it. This stuff's getting out of hand. I wish they would come out with pre-jammed, pre-crispy toast that I don't have to do anything with. I just give it to them and somehow it also doesn't crumble. You know, they've tried this with the, yeah, it was like French toast crunch, which I have to admit was a delicious cereal until they changed the formula. And I don't know if it went gluten-free or something, but it tastes like crap now. But I'm telling you, Giving kids toast in the morning just sucks. A glorious day has arrived, folks. There is now a no-scooter ban on the boardwalks of the beaches here. Thank freaking God. Because I gotta say, nothing annoys me more than when I have to dodge scooter people while I'm walking. Especially with my kid and we're holding hands And then we have to separate to let the scooter person go in between us because they don't want to end up in the sand. Oh, but it's okay if we end up in the sand off the sidewalk, just drifting apart, falling into a bush, whatever. Because the scooter person wants to make sure they can get somewhere faster on their little scooter. I still have yet to ever ride one of these electric scooters. Yes, that is correct. I drive a car, so I don't need one. Or I have a bike which I don't use, so I just drive a car. But but I got to say, this whole scooter phenomenon has annoyed me since day one. Headlines always are the same. Person on scooter gets hit at midnight in PB by drunk driver. Yeah, well, I bet the person on the scooter was also drunk because they were scootering at night in PB. So I'm pretty sure that's a guarantee. All I know is the scooter thing needs to end. It was a fad. It's over. Over and done with, unless they come out with some Back to the Future 2 style hover scooters, I do not give a crap. If they get a hover scooter, yes, I'm gonna hit that up because that sounds awesome. But I have never seen yet a single version of that hover scooter or hover skateboard from Back to the Future 2. Instead, we're still dealing with wheels, we're still stuck on the ground, gravity is still our enemy. I just don't understand. And with all the technology we have, how come we ain't floating around? So get it together, get some hover scooters. Until then, get your dang scooter out my way when I'm walking on the boardwalk. Nothing gives me more anxiety than separate piles of laundry sitting in different places in the house. You know, for some reason, it's always, oh, this pile is going to Goodwill and Oh, I'm sending this pile to my sister. She just had a baby. Or, oh, this pile is some things. I don't know if I want them anymore. They don't fit in my drawers. And I just, I can't take it. No more random piles of clothes sitting around the house. From now on, if I see them, I'm going to burn them. Yep, I'm just going to get a giant furnace and just start walking around and just shoveling these piles of clothes into the furnace. I mean, there's too much clothes in my house anyways. There is probably... 50 shirts and pants in my house that don't get worn but once a month or less that's stupid what about people who still wear rags and loincloths in Africa you know we send them some of this stuff of course I'm not gonna pay for the shipping because that's way too much but but still if they could get a hold of it somehow and goodwill they're not gonna give it to people who really need it they're just gonna stock it up on their shelves crank the price up by a ton of money and slang it to somebody who lives right in your neighborhood anyways and you'll see them wearing your shirt and you should have just sold it at a garage sale. You know, it doesn't make any sense now. used to be they were just there to create jobs and and give goodwill toward men and women. You know, I can't say that anymore. This hashtag me too thing, you got to include both names or both, you know, even though it used to be that men just meant all humans, but not anymore. Hashtag me too. You know, all the, all the woke stuff. Gotta, gotta remember to stay woke. Can't fall asleep on the job here. But yes, piles of clothes. Get them out of here. Tired of them. They're stacking up all over the place. It looks like some poker chips around a poker table. That is my house. This coronavirus thing is getting out of hand. Some of my friends from Oregon are telling me that the Costco's near their neighborhoods... Now have empty shelves where there once stood bottled waters and other provisions you would take if it was the end of the world. Well, it is not. Alright, you can't even, well you can, but you probably won't die if you get the coronavirus as long as you have a fairly strong immune system. And you're not a 95 year old dude who smokes cigarettes and drinks liquor. I'm telling you, don't be so afraid of this. Continue to travel, as long as it's not to China, and enjoy life. Otherwise, you're going to live in a fear and paranoia that'll just keep you from having fun. You know, go out there, enjoy the world, breathe in the fresh air. Most of it doesn't have coronavirus in it. I don't even know a single person who knows another person who has or knows anyone else who has had the coronavirus. Now I can't link it to anybody I know, even down the line of like five or six people deep. It makes no sense to freak out like this. You know, if you want to blow all your money on freaking bottled waters at Costco, go ahead. I bet they're loving this. Their sales are surging. Whoever runs Costco is just thinking, man, these people are idiots. Maybe they even manufactured the idea of the coronavirus just to get you to buy more crap in bulk. There's some things out there that are... You know, just not generally acceptable to talk about, and one of those things is farts. Yes, just hearing the word sounds dirty, sounds weird. Like, who's who talks about farts? Well, I do. All right, I. There's nothing that I won't talk about. No category is too disgusting or messed up for the Peter Gabbett podcast. And I'll tell you right now, after eating three straight days where I had beef, garlic, and onions as a part of my dinner, I have the most butthole hair-burning, fiery, acidic, death-smelling, putrid, rancid farts. I feel like I shit out a dead body every time. I cannot explain what is happening inside me. I don't know what it is, but man... I can clear a room just like that with what's coming out of me. I I I'm in fear. I feel like there's probably like something crawled up there, a skunk crawled in my asshole and died and that's what I'm I'm repelling out each time. You know, it's it's just it's absurd. I it makes me worrisome that, you know, I now have some kind of colon cancer. I mean, not really, because it it always passes generally speaking. I drink a lot of water, I don't eat beef every single night like this, so I don't ever have this problem, but every once in a while, and every one of you out there in this world must admit, you get the death farts. You know, it's just one of those things nobody talks about, everyone's embarrassed about it, but you know what, women get it too. They can't deny that sometimes, after a cup of coffee just starts letting things flow, and the night before, you had a huge bowl of curry and some, maybe some Thai food or Indian marsala or something. It's going to come out, and it's going to be terrible. Why are we so embarrassed about this? Nothing embarrasses me anymore, as you can tell. I lay it all out. You know, Let the world know what Peter Gabbitt is all about. I got nothing to be afraid of. Humility, gone. Embarrassment, no chance. Everything about me is already described in this podcast at some point, so I got nothing else to hide. So, when you're out there and you're holding it in because you know it's a juicy, wet, just possible poo. You're not even sure if you can let it out without some little shit coming out too. You know, it's natural, folks. Let it flow. You know, make a joke about it. Point it at someone for fun start a fire with a lighter up against it, whatever. You know, this is what humans do after a, a dank meal that just needs to flow out. Holding it in is way worse. Just imagine that air circulating inside you. You know, I have no shame, clearly. And that is apparent, especially after this small segment about farts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about Carmex and tubes of toothpaste, and things that come in that tube shape, but I feel like I can get more out of it every time. You know, I'll take some kind of flat object and scrape it along the bottom all the way up to the top, and then squeeze with every ounce of energy until a little bit more just comes out of there. Because, you know, why am I buying more of it when I know there's still more in that stupid tube? And it might not even be saving me that much money, a penny here or there, you know, for the rest of my life, maybe it does add up, but either way, I just hate the fact that I'm buying some stuff, and I'm leaving some of it in there when I throw it away. I can't do it. You know, I will squeeze out every fragment of toothpaste out of the tube to the point where it just looks like, you know, and it's light as a feather then. You can just toss in the garbage It barely, you know, it floats in the air. Because... What's the point of buying more when there's more in there still? Especially the little Carmex things. Like you can't ever get all the Carmex out of there. You know, and I got chap lips, alright? I live by the beach, salty, hot air always coming by. I got chap lips. I need every bit of Carmex I can get. I ain't wasting it. And I don't like the sticks of Carmex, you know? Because then you share it with people and then hairs get stuck in there, and you're wiping lint all over your mouth. I'm not about that. I'm about the tubes. You squeeze out a line of goo, put it on your fingertip, which is probably dirtier than any of the things I just described, and smear it, not just on your lips, but all around it. Because for some reason, it's all around that, that gets the most chapped. You know, almost like, like I was giving bloges all day or smoking crack. But I'm not. I just live by the beach. Folks, I'm sure you know what an H.J. and a B.J. is. Those are obvious. But what about I.J.? I'm talking about Impractical Jokers. It is awesome. I've watched every single season that's ever existed from the very beginning. I knew it was going to be popular. It is by far one of my favorite shows ever. And yet I cannot find a theater near me that wants to play the Impractical Jokers movie. Yes, it's ridiculous. Like, like it's not popular enough to be in theaters. Everyone loves Impractical Jokers. Just saying this, you're probably thinking about Q or Joe right now in your head. Murra, Sal, they're all great. My sisters have met them multiple times and hung out with them. She loves them. They love her. Impractical Jokers are amazing. And I have not been able to catch the movie yet because it's nowhere to be found. Instead, other movies that are straight-up garbage are out, making up a ton of money, Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, come on. That looks like shit. I need impractical jokers in my life. What I don't understand, though, is how, with everyone knowing who they are at this point, do they even trick anybody? Because no matter what disguise they had on or where they were working, I would know it was them right away. And I'm a big fan, so that makes sense. But people who don't even watch the show recognize these guys, I, I'm certain. It just doesn't make sense now to have them trick people because nobody can be tricked. We all know who the Impractical Jokers are. In the end, I still want to see this movie so bad. I've heard it's awesome. I can't wait to see it. Tell me where it's playing and I will be there. Folks, it is time for that portion of the Peter Gabbard Podcast. I'm pretty sure is the only reason any of you listen. It is Real Stories brought to you by Peter Timothy Hankst and Barbecues. And that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to let you in on the story about when Ashley's phone, Ashley being my wife, phone was stolen and some really messed up stuff happened. So we've all had an incident where we've left our phone or wallet somewhere. And you know, sometimes we get it returned because people are nice. And you hope that that's what's gonna happen. But in this case, nope. She had one of the free, really shitty androids you would get probably about six or seven years ago. And it was garbage. You know, we're not worried about the fact that the phone itself was lost. She left it in front of her work one day, when she was working at a Starbucks, she was putting up all the, you know, all the tables out front, took a break out there, you know, had herself a cup of joe, whatever, and then just came back in and left her phone outside. So she went back out there, and it was already gone. And, oh my gosh, we had no idea what was going to happen. So about a week later, no, maybe even two weeks, we get a call from the police. Yes, they call us and say, hey, uh, just let you know, We have your phone. It was found in the back of a stolen car. And we're like, what? Well, I I don't even know if we should go get this. I mean, at this point, she already had a new phone. It was better than that one anyways. But for fun, we decided, let's go get it anyway. Well, we went down to the police station and, you know, told them what we were there for. And they gave us this little packet and we opened it up. And the phone already looked weird, like it was dirty. So we already knew it must have been a bum or somebody that walked by. But we found out exactly who it was when we started to look at the videos on the phone. Now we were searching for our wedding photos, which of course, most of which, the ones that she took anyway, were in that old phone, in the actual phone memory, not even on the SIM card, not even on the cloud. You know, cloud wasn't a big deal for us back then. We didn't even know how to use it. We not even know what it was, probably. Instead, it was all on the phone, and we searched and searched, and there was nothing from our wedding on the phone at all. They deleted all of it. But what they put in its place was absolutely disgusting. These people actually recorded themselves doing meth and having sex with her Cell phone. This was the craziest videos I've ever seen. The compilation of the most filthiest, trashiest, dirtiest crap ever put on a cell phone. Just the fact that we were looking at it and touching the phone freaked us out. We wanted to just throw the phone right away. We're like, oh my God, you know, you don't want to touch this thing. Knowing the hands that were also touching it while meth was being smoked, while bloges were being given... While tense sex on the side of the road by bums was occurring and getting recorded with this shitty Android phone. We recovered absolutely zero of the pictures from our wedding and instead were left with a gigantic compilation of meth sex porn. The likes of which have never been discovered by anyone I'm certain. This couple... Who took her phone and did these things were just the filthiest of filthy. I'm talking top of the line, straight up, highest caliber, druggy, disgusting sex freaks ever to be known by man. This was just embarrassing to us. Like we couldn't believe that something that we owned was a tool in this sex world of disgust, I mean, by all means, we absolutely got rid of that phone right away, with the memory in our minds now, that it was, it was used, you know, as a video camera for the most filthy porn that's ever been created, and we wondered why, why would you steal a phone to make sex videos while you did meth, and it wasn't just sex, they were actually recording themselves smoking out of a meth pipe with their faces on it. You know, it's not like they just showed the smoke coming out after they took a hit. They literally had themselves with one of those dick pipes, you know, twisting it around a lighter to get all fucking smoky and then huffed it big time and then blew it out and then we're looking at each other. Like, what a bunch of psychos. These people incriminated the crap out of themselves with this and we thought it would be pretty interesting for the police if they knew about this, and so we decided, let's give it back to them, but instead of that, we didn't want to touch it anymore, and we just threw it in the trash, you know, I I was gonna get them screwed more than they already were, just because of what they did with her phone, and got rid of all her wedding photos, which pissed me off, but I just thought, you know, I don't even want to have this in my possession anymore, It's, it's an object of filth, just disgusted me that all that went down and not to mention you know the cops I'm pretty sure they did nothing to these people for stealing the phone anyways there was no charges being pressed I'm sure they just you know threw them back on the street to go steal another phone and make more meth sex videos whatever we had a new phone by that time anyways and I just hate dealing with the cops because for the most part they're scumbags so lesson to be learned here folks If your phone happens to be stolen, probably some kind of sick and twisted sex thing with meth is going to occur, and you won't want it back anyways. So just let it be, get a new one, and forget about it. And with that, I need to tend to my newborn, as she is screaming at the top of her lungs, so I will say good day to you folks, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now folks, out here where I live, by the Navy base, the word SEAL means a highly trained, naval swimming, combat trained, just badass. But where I'm from, when you say SEAL, you think kiss from a rose. And I gotta play it at least once during my 365 day podcast run, so it might as well be now. La
1: That I can't survive won't you tell me, is that healthy, baby? But did you know that when it snows, my eyes become a lot, and the light that you shine can't be seen. That you shine can't be seen Baby, I can pay you to kiss From a rose on the grave Ooh, the more I get of you The stranger it feels, yeah Now that your rose is blue A light hits the gloom on the grave Yes, I can pay you to the glue.